Hi, I'm Brian. And I'm Michaela. And this is Drink the Movies. A podcast where each week we try to recreate a classic movie drink and discuss the movie that inspired it. Thanks for joining us. Now let's drink the movies. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, hello, and welcome to episode 97 of Drink the Movies. I'm Brian here, as always, with Michaela. Michaela, we had a bit of weather, uh, you know, stemmed from that hurricane as it came up the coast this weekend. So our Saturday was mostly a washout, but Sunday ended up being pretty nice. The skies parted, uh, you know, the the rain held off, um, and you were able to get out to the zoo. Something very fun, something you should do from time to time. Everyone out there, if you have access to a zoo. Yes, I was able to do that. I think it's uh, we, we it's weird living in Charlotte and Charlotte is a big city, but it doesn't have a zoo of its own. Um, I hear that they're trying to do that uh, and and kind of build out some space for some in the in the city. But we went down to Columbia, which is um, in South Carolina and went to the Riverbank Zoo and Gardens. And it was actually really lovely. Um, it's a great little zoo. I guess it's not that little anymore. <laughs> I went with a friend and they were telling me how like it was built out in 1974 and it was like two acres mm-hmm. and now it's insane. Um, so that was really fun. Got to see some lions, tigers, bears. Oh my. That was fun. Oh, oh my indeed. Okay. Uh, yeah. I do love a zoo, love an aquarium. Uh, what's your favorite uh, zoo animal? Are there any, are there any must sees when you go to the zoo? Um, my husband really likes the big cats. So we always, if he's with us, uh, then we always try to go see any and all of the big cats. I love to see the gorillas. Mm-hmm. Um, that's always a big thing. And, and if there's a farm area where you see farm animals, I have to go say hello to the cows. It's just a thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I have to say hello to the funny, fun fact, everybody. Uh, Brian, Hey, what, what do cows say? Uh, cows say cows say moo uh of course you were wrong you were wrong they don't mm. they they mm. don't have lips so they actually say ooh so if you go to a cow this is this is really important fun fact for everybody listening if you ever go to a zoo or you're on a farm and you want to talk to a cow you want a cow to come up to you don't shout moo at it it will not listen to you because it gets that all the time. And that's actually not the way to say hello to a cow. The way you mm. say hello to a cow is you say, ooh, ooh, cow, ooh. And it will come to you and it will lick you and it'll give you cow kisses. It's amazing. Uh, it's And it's also very, very true. So. Okay. Yeah, I guess uh, there, You're is your, welcome, uh, world. there is your there is your fun cow fact of the day. So uh, take that with you wherever you may go. Uh, what did I get up to this weekend? Uh, it was my anniversary. Uh, so happy anniversary to my lovely wife. So uh, thank you for all of our years of wedded bliss. We went to see a football slash soccer match, depending on where in the world you are listening to this. Uh, our team won. That was good. And then we went out to a nice fancy dinner. I had a nice fancy cocktail uh, that involved some tequila and some watermelon juice and some uh, chili uh, and lime. It 
it was really delicious. So I might have to recreate that for a lobby bar um, in the not too distant future because it was lovely. Um, so take a look at our social media. I'll try to get a picture of that cocktail up. So yeah, it was just a it was just a nice weekend kind of all around. We got to do some exciting stuff and we got to watch an exciting movie because this one is new, Michaela. We have been waiting for this one for a long time, all the way since 1993. Uh, we've been wanting to uh, get our eyes on this one and that is exactly what we did when this thing dropped on Friday. So why don't we take a quick break because we are going to need a cocktail, a hefty cocktail, if we're going to do battle with those ferocious of all ferocious witches. And we'll be right back to whip it up. So this week's cocktail comes from theflavorbender.com and it comes together really easily. It's actually very easy to make uh, once you have all the ingredients, uh, but it's very, very fancy looking. It's mm -hmm. super potiony. It's got dry ice in it. It's really awesome. So this uh, can be as complicated as you want it to be or as simple as you want it to be. We went a little complicated because we wanted it to have the whole hocus pocusy effect. Um, it's <laughs> called right. the witch's heart. And mm -hmm. uh, we're going to talk about this in terms of jiggers. So if you don't know what a jigger is, um, it's those metal kind of two cup uh, pieces of bar accoutrement that every good bartender should have. So if you want to do this in ounces, great. You want to do this in ounces and a half, that's fine too. A jigger is a jigger. So you, you know, as long as you're consistent with the, uh, with the ramekin that you're using, you'll be fine. That's that's right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what it calls for in the recipe. And we tried to match it as uh, kind of closely uh, as we could. And like Michaela said, we kind of went the complicated route. There is a much easier way uh, to do this. And we'll talk a little bit about that as we get into this. But the recipe itself is going to call for uh, one jigger, which is uh, like an ounce and a half of apple brandy or uh, apple flavored vodka, um, which I don't know that I've ever seen apple flavored vodka. Now that I come to think of it, we used apple brandy in ours because uh, it's delicious. Get that. Uh, it's definitely the fall flavor. Uh, to uh to rule them all so it's going to be uh, an ounce and a half of that uh this is calling for three ounces of a homemade blackberry shimmery liqueur uh which has been chilled um which we actually made the uh the recipe that i'll link to down in the show description um will walk you through the steps and Michaela's going to walk you through the steps of how she made hers but a homemade blueberry or I'm sorry a homemade blackberry shimmery liqueur uh one teaspoon of grenadine um and then you're going to use a little bit of dry ice to uh, get that smoke effect if you feel so inclined to do that um and we did because it looked pretty awesome but you definitely don't need to do that other than uh just going to give the uh cool appearance on the drink so to put this together you're going to take your apple brandy and your blackberry liqueur you're going to put that into a shaker with some ice and then you're going to strain it out into a martini uh, type of a glass. You're going to crush up a little bit of your dry ice and put that in the bottom. And then when the liquid hits it, it's of course going to start smoking as that dry ice sublimates is what it's called because it's not actually made of liquid. Um, so it's going to start smoking and then you put in a, a hefty teaspoon of your grenadine. It kind of sinks to the bottom and it gives this real kind of shimmery kind of uh, I don't know, like blood-like, poison, uh, cauldron sort of thing, brewing away, bubbling away, which is cauldroning away. And it's real pretty and real fun for a cocktail party. Um, and there you go. Then you drink it and have a good time. That's right. Um, it's, it's worthy to say uh, it's also quite tasty. So um, this homemade blackberry shimmery liqueur, there's a couple of different ways that you can make it. We're going to talk about the fast or well, the easiest way to make it. What you're going to do for every cup of vodka that you use, we use Kozak vodka because we support Ukraine and it's a very well-balanced, inexpensive vodka. You're mm -hmm. going to use a cup of vodka and then you're going to add six. I don't know why they use six, but only six is all you need. Six blackberries. 
And you're going to put that in like a jar that's non-reactive, like a glass jar, and you're going to leave it alone. You can put it in your fridge and leave it alone for a week. You definitely want to leave it in there for at least three days. If you don't want to do anything fancy, just leave it in there for a week. And when you're done, what you'll do is you'll strain this out. Um, it The liquid that is created is going to be very vodka-y still. It's going to taste like blackberries, and it's going to be a very beautiful dark purple, but very clear. Mm -hmm. Do not... Um, mash or, or muddle the blackberries at all. You can leave them in whole. That's totally fine. Okay. When you do that, then you're going to use really beautiful luster powder and, um, or luster dust is what it's also called. You can find this anywhere like a Amazon or a fancy cocktail shop. We chose purple obviously because our drink is purple and you're going to use like a quarter teaspoon. You do not need a lot for a cup. You're going to put that in there. And it, what's going to happen is the shimmer dust stuff is going to coagulate kind of and mix with the purple liqueur. And it's going to turn it into this really beautiful, very tasty, very hocus pocusy kind of concoction. It's amazing. And it's not hard to make. It really is. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's that's what you're going to do to get that uh homemade blackberry shimmery liqueur. Um, and then yeah, so obviously that step is is kind of optional. Um, you could just get a blackberry liqueur um and recreate that. You're still gonna get the same kind of uh flavor profile. Um you could even probably put that uh that shimmery powder um into that and you know, probably get you pretty close to the way there or like a blackberry vodka um and just do that and you kind of play around with it. So it, it really depends on how much effort you want to put into it, but we really wanted to kind of recreate the way that this one looked here that we found on the uh the website there and it looks really cool and like michaela said it tastes pretty great it is really strong uh the apple brandy we have is very potent um and then the black blackberry shimmer liqueur it was also uh fairly potent you know just being uh mostly vodka and the uh simple syrup there so um you know tread lightly uh we actually kind of cut ours in half when we did them because we were uh, doing a couple of cocktails that day and we did not want to go overboard. And that was, that was a perfectly fine amount I thought for it. And this is a perfectly fine cocktail to have when you're watching Hocus Pocus too. But what were your kind of overall thoughts on uh, this one, Michaela? I love this drink. It is very boozy. Um, but I think it's a really good balance because it doesn't burn. There's no burning. So everybody that likes a really boozy cocktail, um, but also likes the burn, this is not one of those. It's sweet enough, but it's not like syrupy and it looks beautiful. I mean, it really, um, I mean, this, 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 I like better than our very first Hocus Pocus um, cocktail that we did because of just how it looks. It looks mm -hmm. so cool. Um, and again, if you, whether you do a homemade blackberry liqueur or you buy it, this is a really easy drink to put together. It's going to be great for like Halloween parties or any hocus pocus viewings that you want to do in the future. Um, mm -hmm. it's just a really, it was really fun. So this is one of my favorite drinks lately, certainly of the season. And since it is one of those things where you can make easily, um, I mean, I'll be having it a lot, just not having it and driving because it is very boozy. Don't do that. Yeah, it is. It is very boozy. And if you do decide to go with the uh, dry ice route, uh, just make sure you're very careful because that is really cold and it will burn you. So make sure you are wearing all of your proper safety equipment. And then if you do put it in your drink, make sure that it is all uh, completely uh, uh, sublimated out of there because you don't want to don't want to mess with. Yeah, that. don't so, swallow that. That's bad. So, so don't do so don't do that. So, uh, well, now, Michaela, we have these made. We have our, our cauldrons are bubbling away uh, with our apple brandy and our blackberry shimmer liqueur. Why don't we take a quick break and we will uh, be right back. Well, 
we'll go back in time uh, to to a simpler time, Salem, Massachusetts. And we'll be right back to chat about this week's film, Hocus Pocus 2. Spoiler warning for Hocus Pocus 2. If you've not yet seen this, it's pretty likely, actually, because it was just released. But if you've not yet seen it and you don't want us to talk about the ending, you don't want to know anything. Stop. Stop what you're doing now. And then go make yourself a witch's heart. Go watch Hocus Pocus 2. Come back and we can chat about all the delicious goodness of the Sanderson sisters. Uh, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. So Hocus Pocus 2, as Michaela said, did just come out. It released on September the 30th, 2022. Um, and I would garner that if you were excited about Hocus Pocus 2, you definitely watched it. Night one, of course, you've been waiting since 1993 to revisit the Sanderson sisters. And that is exactly what we are doing. Uh, directed by Ann Fletcher and it, of course, stars Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker and Kathy Najimi as Winifred, Sarah and Mary. Plus, we have a new coven of witches who are going to go head to head with the Sanderson sisters. And uh, we're going to talk about them as we uh, get into this week's film. But uh, follow up, Michaela, 1993 to 2022. Um, and also episode 48 of Drink the Movies. That's right. This is a first in the history of Drink the Movies, um, actually, because there isn't a Hocus Pocus 3 out yet. Um, so we have never done a first and second before other than star wars but star wars let's be fi- let's be real we're going to mm. continue doing that until you know all of the star wars forever, films forever are, yeah. right and hopefully they will and never we'll, stop and, making amazing and then we'll start over and do them again if <laughs> they right. happen to so yeah but this is a first because now we will have covered all of the hocus pocus stuff right uh yeah, in but... in history and with cocktails to boot this is actually pretty exciting that's right yeah so go back and give episode 48 a listen if you're going b- if you're going to be watching Hocus Pocus for your Halloween lead up, uh, do that. Give that a try. That was the uh, the Witch's Brew, I believe that one was called. And then yes. we have the Witch's Heart for this one. Maybe maybe they will come out with a Hocus Pocus 3 one day and we can complete our own uh, witchy uh, cauldron trifecta. I don't know. We'll have to uh, to take a look and see what happens. But Michaela, a lot of people were very excited about this movie. A lot of people really love the 1993 Hocus Pocus. Um, and, you know, we we talked a little bit about our own uh, absence of love for it because it wasn't something that you and I grew up with, but a lot of people did, and a lot of people have been waiting a long time to see these three ladies back on the big screen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, this became a phenomenon. Now, it came out in 1993, so I do remember seeing it. It didn't touch my heart the way that it had uh, to the masses. So so there's clearly something wrong with me. Uh, But the Sanderson sisters, people have been dressing up as them. People have been throwing hocus pocus parties. People have hocus pocus kind of paraphernalia all over their house on Halloween. It is a true uh like like magical thing that happens every fall and so i was so excited when we found out that it was going to be streaming and uh i did ask very nicely if we could cover it uh on drink the movies and you were so nice to oblige so we're going to dive deep into this uh we're going to talk about it um i'm so excited that they also have some new characters and Mm -hmm. some, some different kind of ideas of what it means to be evil uh and you know good versus bad it kind of it's kind of an interesting just an interesting plot that's right that's right and let's uh let's talk about the plot a little bit so let's get into the movie so uh this one kicks off it is 1653 it is salem massachusetts we get a nice little uh shot of the town as we're coming in there and we are meeting little little tiny mary and winifred and sarah uh played by uh taylor henderson 
uh, Nina Kitchen and Juju Jorney Brenner are playing the three Sanderson sisters, but they're little kids. They're just learning the witchy ways of the world. Uh, it's actually pretty cute. It's I think it's like Winifred's birthday. So they go in, they got her like this uh, little creepy looking spider. It's in this box, but uh, not all good news for the witches because this is Salem. Um, and in Salem, we don't like witches. Uh, so the town is coming together to get these three kids and be like, uh, nope, you're going to get married in the church or uh, or you're out here because we don't we don't need your witchy business. Right. Which leads you to believe. Right. So uh, Tony Hale uh, plays Jeffrey Trasky um, and he is kind of this old pilgrim guy. You could tell he's not real fun at parties, um, probably a real stick in the mud. And he's telling these girls, you know, hey, especially Winifred, it's your birthday. It's time for you to get married. Uh, Winif Winifred is like, no, I, I, I don't want to do that. Um, and by the way, I've kissed this other guy and I'm into this guy and uh, I don't really want to get married though. That's not my, and that's not my gig. And so they are all up in arms about that, which leads you to believe that maybe they aren't as evil, horrible people at, on the outset as you originally thought. Uh, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, maybe maybe this uh, evil witchcraftery was forced upon them um, and they're going to be forced to make a run for it out of town. Right. Because they uh, they basically get the townspeople are all up in arms when she refuses to get married to this guy. Uh, the guy says good because uh, this lady is not very attractive. That's not a very nice guy. Uh, but nonetheless, the girls are off. They're running into the Forbidden Woods, uh, which is a place that they know they shouldn't be going. But they know no one else is going to be going there because forbidden right in the name. And who do you run into in the Forbidden? Woods. That is the witch mother played by Hannah Waddingham. She is amazing. Uh, she was not in this movie enough. I can guarantee that, but she is wearing a really cool dress with a really creepy eyeball, just like the one on that book from that movie, 1993. That's right. And uh, she is really helpful to these three sisters right she tells them hey mm -hmm. you, you know you're going to be a coven and it's really important that you have a coven um she is herself a witch but she doesn't have a coven anymore and you don't really find out more about what that means <laughs> but or, or what happened what befell her her sisters but she says you know it's it's really important that you have people around you um and you know so she gives them this amazing book. Uh, they call it book. It's the book with the cool eyeball that everybody knows and loves from the first movie. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. of course, Winifred is like, Hey, I want the, I want the spell that gives me the most power because she's young and that's what you do. Uh, and it's called the magic a maxima. And of course, Hannah Waddington's character, the, this grand witch is like, no, 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 don't do that. That's the worst spell you could make that's the worst one don't do that it makes you all powerful but it comes with a price don't touch it uh, that's right do not touch it and that is where we leave our witches for the time being um if you watched the film back in 1993 you kind of know their story up until now but we are now into present day 2022 we are in salem uh massachusetts still the home of the uh the witch trials and the sanderson sisters themselves this is a halloween type of a town uh they're having some awesome halloween parties which was kind of a throwback to that uh first one uh that first film which happened on halloween night uh you see the town's kind of getting ready but our our new coven uh they are in school it is uh, birthday for one of these girls, uh, Becca, who's played by Whitney Peake, um, and her friend Izzy uh, is played by Melissa Escobedo, um, and they have another friend, uh, kind of on the outs. Uh, maybe, maybe this new coven uh, is not all it's cracked up to be. Uh, we don't know. There's a little little tension there, but we have Cassie, who's played by Lilia Buckingham. Um, we have our our three uh, kind of new witches in present day that we're meeting. Yeah, and you know, Cassie kind of split from these two girls, right? They were uh, kind of the 
this trio of friends that had been friends forever and Whitney Peak, um, well, sorry, Whitney Peak plays Becca, as you just said. Becca's birthday is happening and they have this big ritual that they go into the woods and they light a candle and they say these spells and they hold hands and it's really cool. And unfortunately, Cassie uh, has kind of split from this group. She started dating a football player and she got in with kind of the popular crowd and kind of left Izzy and Becca in the dust, which is very hurtful for Becca and Izzy. They want to include her, but their also feelings are hurt. And it's also worthy to say Kathy's last name is Trasky. And she and her family have been in Salem for a really long time. That's right. Yeah, she is uh, from that infamous uh, Trasky line, uh, and her dad is uh, none other than the mayor of Salem, uh, Mayor Trasky, who's played by Tony Hale. So kind of after after school, they have a little bit of shenanigans. They're they're going out there, checking in on the party, and, and Mayor Trasky is there. He uh, sees uh, Becca and Izzy coming out. He's talking to them about how excited he is about the, the Halloween festival. He's excited about this candy cauldron that's coming in. Um, he's played by Tony Hale. He's pretty funny. Uh, seems like a good mayor. Seems like a positive upbeat kind of guy um becca and as he say uh, he's like the nicest guy alive and they're gonna get so mad at cassie because cassie has decided uh she's not gonna go do the birthday ritual uh she's going to be having her own party uh, at her own house uh because kind of her boyfriend mike kind of uh said that she should do that and like you said I, there's there's some infighting between becca and cassie it's it's not going good and Becca says, you know what, Cassie, I don't even care. Just have your party. Uh, your dad's going to be mad at you. We're going to still go to you, our own birthday thing. And that includes swinging by the magic shop. Yeah, because apparently the Sanderson sisters house now is a magic shop. And it's run by this really hilarious guy uh, named Gilbert. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. He's played by the amazing Sam Richardson. There's so many people from Ted Lasso in this movie. And that's like, to me, one of my favorite things. Mm, <laughs> um, that's right. so if you love this you're gonna really if you love ted lasso look out for that uh so sam richardson is, is amazing in this he is super excited he's got this old magic shop that he's owning he's got lots of cool candle things and he's got like the story time where he talks about the sanderson sisters he's got these um the the famous book is in like this corner under lock and key but he's got these replica books that he sells to kids and of course uh, Becca and Izzy, they go, they say hi, they, you know, want um, to partake of some of the goodies on Halloween. And Sam or Gilbert is like, hey, I got this candle. Uh, go ahead and take it with you and maybe light it. And it looks really weird. It's like purple and it's all bent. It's not a good looking candle at <laughs> it all. Is, it is the it is the worst looking candle of all time for sure. But but yeah, I really like this section. I like uh, Gilbert's uh, kind of magic shop because he's basically doing like a show like everyone in town there. And I've never I've never been to Salem, but I assume that that's probably kind of what it is, right? It's playing on that uh that Salem witchcraft uh you know trials and and stuff like that and kind of selling this. Uh, this uh, whole business up but yeah the girls go in uh they're excited for the birthday they're getting their their goods so they can go out into the woods and do their uh kind of seance kind of ritual thing that they always do because uh these girls uh liken themselves as witches and that is what they do they go out into the woods they don't know that the woods are forbidden i guess that got lost to the annals of time but they are in the same woods that the sanderson sisters were in they light that uh funky looking candle um and bad news because if you remember hocus pocus what happens is you light the black candle with the black flame and that's going to bring the Sanderson sisters back to life. And they got duped because Gilbert gave them a candle with the black flame, lied to him, didn't tell him. Come on, Gilbert. What, yeah. what is wrong with you? Yeah. 
something, something, uh, something gets a little lost. I think where you don't understand uh, why he's on their side and wants to bring them back. Uh, well, I don't it's know like you, just a- it's like you, it's like you said, Michaela. You know, the Sanderson sisters—they were just—they were victims of circumstance back in Salem, and that's what Gilbert says. He says, you know, they didn't want to be bad evil witches. That that just got kind of forced upon them. Uh, but uh, that, that's not entirely true, Gilbert, because I think that these witches—they uh, were—they were, they were uh, in in it to win it, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, they might not have started out bad, but you remember in the first one, they made their so themselves young again by eating small children. So um, mm. somehow the the table had turned. And so they they come back. They're all excited um, to be back. It's um, I want to say the hair and makeup is really great because they don't look like they've changed all that much. Sarah Jessica Parker um, still looks pretty young. Uh, mm-hmm. All the others, uh, you know, you have this amazing Mary who's still like got her weird jaw thing going on with the tongue hanging out and the mm-hmm. hair and of course Winifred's big kind of red bouffant on top of her head and of course their costuming it's it's still great and they still have kind of their same old um kind of ch- charismatic uh chemistry between the three of them so that's really fun to watch yeah, they uh they come back, uh they bring them back, they light the uh the black flame candle and the Sanderson sisters are back. Uh with musical number to boot. That is how they introduce themselves into this movie. Uh could have done without that, uh to be perfectly honest, because that is uh we're gonna get some more music uh from these three as we as we go through. But but they meet uh Becca and Dizzy. They're like, Who are who are these kids? We should eat them because they will keep us young. Uh Becca and Izzy are quick on their feet though. They're like, we're not kids, we're like 40 years old. And uh, you know, the Sanderson sisters are like, Oh, you look really great. How tell us what your secret is to that well the secret is you go to walgreens you get some beauty products and that's what you're going to do uh one of my favorite parts about the first hocus pocus was the witches uh kind of interacting with modern day world right so you had like 93 they're on like they're on like a like a bus and stuff like that so so here kind of doing that similar kind of thing as them going into Walgreens, right? And uh, experiencing like the automatic doors and like all of like the the lighting and stuff in there. Uh, it's really kind of kind of a funny section as they're uh, eating lotion, which looks really gross, but they believe that the lotion contains the souls of children <laughs> as all good right. Halloween stories should have, I guess. Right, absolutely. And my, my absolute all-time favorite gig or bit in this entire movie is, you know, they have this, uh, ability to fly on brooms and they had this ability in the first film and it was kind of a running joke that everybody got a broom except for poor uh mary kathy najimi she ended up on like a vacuum she's on cleaner, a vacuum yeah right mm-hmm. in the second film uh of course winifred's on a broom sarah is on a she's on a swiffer she's on a swiffer like a wet jet swiffer and then of course because we are in the day and age that we are mary has like tied herself up to like these two roombas that work as like roller skates they're the best i love it so much that's like the best that was the best gag for me is them flying through the air and she's got these roombas attached to her that's right yeah that's that is pretty good um but the other important thing that we learn at walgreens is uh you know becca and izzy they are wannabe witches so they know that if they uh you know sprinkle some uh salt around them that the witch's power is not going to be able to penetrate that so we kind of learned that that is something good to keep in your back pocket if you're going to be facing off with these witches throughout the movie um but the Sanderson sisters, they're not they're not ones to be, uh, you know, to be trifled with. So they understand that this lotion doesn't really contain the souls of dead kids because the Walgreens employee tells them. Uh, so what are they going to do? They're going to go back. They have to go find book. They have to go back to their old house. Um, and 
exactly like you said gilbert has set up his uh his uh witchcraft shop there uh as you do i guess uh no place is going to be more haunted than that so so they're going to the magic shop they run into gilbert uh becca and izzy get thrown imprisoned into the basement uh with a spell put on, on them and gilbert gets a spell put on him too he, uh you gotta go get all this stuff guy yeah yeah they tell him hey you gotta you gotta do this or else we're gonna kill you and they have this really awful looking hourglass thing it's right out of wizard of oz it's very creepy and so what gilbert does is gilbert uh finds uh our old friend billy butcherson from the mm. first film he's also right. mentioned in the in the second film because he uh apparently he was supposed to be winifred's lover and he cheated on her and so she got back at him by turning him uh killing him and then sewing his mouth shut uh but billy butcherson he's like that is not true I only kissed her one time. This is a complete farce. I've been, my story has been told <laughs> and, and slandered on my name for hundreds of years. This is complete, not, not okay. Completely not okay. But Gilbert says, Hey, look, I need your help. I need to help gather all this stuff. And he lies to Billy. He says, I'm working against the Sanderson sisters. If I can get all these ingredients for this spell, I can cast a spell and cast them away forever. And Billy's mm. like, all right, man, I'll help you. No problem. And so there's this interesting montage of them like trying to find things while the girls are trying to get out of the basement <laughs> of this really awful place. And I didn't know that the Sanderson sisters house had a basement. Yeah. So that's uh, interesting. Uh, 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 <laughs> it's got windows uh, uh, and everything. Uh, I think it's like a root cellar. I think all houses probably used to have that, so you could uh, so you could store all of your stuff. And yeah, they are trapped in there. Um, I do kind of like the part with uh, Gilbert and Billy Butcherson going around getting all the stuff because you know Billy's like, I got these flowers, and he and he holds them up. And it's also important to note that Billy Butcherson is played by Doug Jones, who was Billy Butcherson in the first one. Um, he's an excellent character actor. Um, he does a lot of like monster and like creature type stuff. So, uh, good on your team for having Doug Jones back to reprise his role there. But but yeah, uh, what are we gonna do, right? So Becca and Izzy, they are trapped. Uh, they know that the witches, they're going to go try to get uh, to Cassie and to Cassie's dad, uh, the mayor, because they need a drop of blood from their enemy. And who is their ultimate enemy? Uh, that is, of course, Reverend Trasky, uh, Reverend Trasky's dad. But his bloodline continues. Uh, so they're going to go try to uh, do some warning. Going to say, hey, mayor, get out of here. Uh, go to your house. Uh, hide there. Don't be there. Um, but, you know, if you're the mayor. You're Tony Hale. Uh, what you want is some candy from the Candy Cauldron. Uh, not easily lured away, but uh, a phone call that says that your daughter is having an illegal Halloween party at your house. Uh, that's going to get you out of line. That's going to say, put the uh, caramel apple on hold. I uh, got to go yell at my daughter make sure she does not ruin her life, uh, which is pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, she's about to go ruin her life. Now, it's important that we understand the character development here. So Reverend Trasky... <laughs> Don't shake your head. There is character development here. Um, Reverend Trasky was, Absolutely. again, not not the guy you would have at a party. He's a stick in the mud. He's like, you're going to get married. You're going to follow all the rules. You know, his his great, 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 great grandson, probably not really all that far off the mark, right? He's like, I've got to leave. I've got to leave this line where I'm waiting for a candy apple to go keep my daughter from ruining her life by throwing a party. You're not going to ruin your life by throwing a party, but you probably want to get your parents uh permission to do that in their house so he goes home he grounds her until she's like 47 she's picking stuff up but then she ends up getting out and going and yelling at her friends because they called her dad <laughs> and told on her that's right yeah uh, uh snitches get stitches that's what cassie says to becca uh but you know uh 
it was for good reason, right? Because you have the Sanderson sisters there in hot pursuit and they are going uh, to Trasky's uh, house, right? That's where they need to go. That's where they need to get the blood. Uh, they show up and they are trying to do some uh, trickery. Uh, but luckily, you know, the girls kind of come up with a plan. Uh, they encircle the Sanderson sisters with some salt, which uh, basically captures them um, into some sort of prison, uh, which is actually pretty funny. You think that the, uh, this might be enough to get the Sanderson sisters, you know, done for the evening. Uh, but lo and behold, those very hilarious uh, little Roomba uh, roller skates come back. They sweep up the mess left by the salt ring. Um, and the Sanderson sisters are back out to uh, complete their uh, kind of final uh, final magic spell to give them uh, everlasting life, uh, which is what this is all kind of culminated to, right? So you have Gilbert and Billy have gathered all of the ingredients that they need. They have a drop of blood because the Sanderson sisters uh, whisk Cassie away into the woods. Uh, they have everything they need. Uh, but, you know, they have they have the book and the book says, don't don't cast a spell. Yo, that's a bad idea. Um, I don't want to. I'm going to keep closing. You're going to try to read me, and I'm going to keep closing. Um, and that is going to give enough time for Becca and Izzy to come and formulate a plan on how to get one up on the Sanderson sisters. Yeah, and what we start seeing is that Becca, when she gets really upset, she actually seems to have some powers of her own. They kind of she has this purple kind of kind of mist, kind of like the stuff that comes out of our witch's heart cocktail. Mm -hmm. Kind of comes mm -hmm. out of mm -hmm. her hands. It's really cool. Yeah. And so. Um, you know, we start to realize that maybe, you know, Becca actually has some powers. It's her birthday. And so maybe these powers are going to be bestowed on her for real on this day. And this can actually be a, a, a new coven of witches. So they join together and um, they end up casting a, uh, well, they try to cast a spell. And there's this really great moment where Winifred and Becca kind of fight over the book and the book ends up making a choice um, mm -hmm. between Winifred and Becca because Winifred wants to use this Magica Maxima spell and the book obviously knows this is a bad idea. And so the book actually flies away from Winifred into Becca's hands. And, um, but it's a little too late because Winifred has already casted the final kind of Magica Maxima spell and so she's all powerful, but the problem is, is that that comes at a price. And what the witch at the very beginning of the show didn't tell us is, uh, Hannah Waddington's character didn't tell us is what that price was going to be. So of course, Becca, Cassie, and Izzy, they're standing there in front of this book. The book kind of opens to the warning page and they realize that the price that had to be paid was Winifred's sister's. Yeah, it's uh, what the price to be paid is whatever you hold most dear to you. And of course, for Winifred and any witch out there, that is her coven, that is her sisters. And that is what Winifred had to give up uh, in order to be the utmost uh, powerful witch. So you actually get it's uh, it's kind of kind of moving um, as you see Sarah and Mary uh, kind of flow and start to uh, fade away into the ether, as it were, in a in a sparkly uh, goodbye, which leaves Winifred there, who is now all powerful, but now all powerfully sad because she has lost her her sisters um and there is a spell that can basically you know uh kind of kind of fix things kind of make amends uh but it's going to it's going to require uh winifred to you know to move on to give up this life as uh as the sanderson sisters um and to to move on into into the afterlife uh which That's is right. which is good they're able to able to move on so that is exactly what happens which is good for for winifred 
Um, it is good for Sarah and Mary. They get to be together in the afterlife. And it's good for Billy Butcherson, who can finally uh, put all of this year of turmoil um, and being a zombie behind him. He can finally get his own rest. That's right. And Gilbert promises Billy, hey, I'm going to fix the story. I'm going to tell it. I'm going to make sure everybody knows that, you know, you didn't do anything wrong. She kissed you one time, dude. I get it. We're going to quit slandering your name, which is really nice because Billy, you know, he, the poor guy, he's probably got the short end of the stick out of all all, all of this. Right. He, he kissed one girl one time and he had to regret it for the rest of his afterlife. Uh, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, so with the uh, the witches sort of dealt with, we get uh, kind of our our parting scene as uh, Becca and Izzy and Cassie are walking their way out of the woods. They're kind of doing that, um, you know, interlocked arm in arm and uh, you know, kind of swinging the legs across, you know, which is how we'd seen the uh, Sanderson sisters uh, walk kind of in uh, both of the films now. And we are introduced to our new coven and a uh, a pretty fun tale, a fun Halloween film. Um, the, the ending of this, I actually liked quite a bit Michaela like I said it was you know it was kind of emotional you even had book there was shedding a tear as it you know had to had to basically you know <laughs> destroy Winifred to you know to to send her on it was very sad of an emotional goodbye for for a book and these characters that are so beloved for like a whole generation of people yeah I definitely think that the end of this was better than the end of the first one and I'm probably going to get a lot of flack for that um, because people really loved the first one. Um, I myself was not super emotionally tied to the first one. So I think this was a better ending because it had a better lesson in general. Um, it, there were a couple of things in here that were important that I thought it, it did. It, it really helped, uh, you understand how friendships are more important, um, as you get older, right? Cassie was definitely kind of, uh, tempted by, you know, being popular in the popular crowd. They talk a little bit. Um, there's a really interesting scene, actually, that I'm glad they left in there where they're talking to Cassie's boyfriend. And, and he um, is like is trying to explain to Izzy and Becca that, hey, we weren't making fun of you. We And she, they said, yeah, you absolutely were. And he says, well, what do you mean? And he says, well, you, you, you said how weird we were and you used these weird, you know, these words that hurt us. And uh, you weren't, you weren't laughing, but you were making fun of us, like that you were being mean. Mm -hmm. And he's like, oh man, I never even realized that I have to apologize to so many people now. And I think that is something that's really important in this day and age is that, you know, if you're going to talk badly about a person that is making fun of them and being mean to them, and that is not okay. And mm -hmm. so, uh, it made me happy in a way because you know, we, this, this character got a lot of, um, I guess his name's Mike, uh, Cassie's boyfriend gets a lot of flack because he's this popular kind of idiot, but he, you know, realized after it's it expressed to him how hurtful his actions are that, you know, that's not okay. And when we say making fun of someone, yeah, you're, you don't have to laugh at someone and point at them, uh, to make somebody feel bad. So I thought that was important. I also thought that the entire, you know, idea that, you know, everything comes at a price and if, and power comes at a price, mm -hmm. is it, is it worth it to you in the end to really give up everything for more power? Yeah. Um, there, uh, yeah, there were some, definitely some good messages in there and there was some other fun stuff too. Um, so you have the Sanderson sisters, they go and are basically, um, 
put on stage at like the Sanderson sister lookalike contest, uh, which, which they lose, but is still pretty, pretty funny because uh, Sarah Jessica Parker, you know, kind of, kind of steps forward and <laughs> takes it. And then they end up like throwing the, the trophy at like one of the judge guys, uh, which is, which is pretty funny. That stuff's pretty good. It's, it's funny when they're trapped in that circle of salt, I think kind of just the banter that they have. And I really like how like committed, uh, you know, the three leads here were to kind of recreating what made, them so kind of memorable and remarkable in the first one right you still had uh you know sarah's kind of uh ditziness and uh things i there's one point when <laughs> winifred says to spread out and you just see sarah jessica parker like put her arms out and like starts to do the splits uh you know stuff like that is pretty funny which really kind of kind of harkened back and they did a good job kind of with some a uh, little bit of like flashbacks to the original uh movie too to kind of set the tone and to to retell this tale um which has, uh, yeah, been a long time coming. And you said it, Michaela. You said you might get some flack for saying that the ending, uh, you thought maybe it was better than the first film. I think this whole movie was better than the first film. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I I don't have a I don't have a deep connection to the first film, so I can I can look at it, uh, you know, with with <laughs> with a clear mind and a and a clear heart. Um, and I there were some things that I didn't love about this. Like I said, I don't like the the kind of musical intro. I mean, I know yeah yeah. If you have Bette Midler in your movie, you're probably going to have some singing. That's just that comes with the territory. And they do sing their song uh, later when they're bewitching the crowd, which is another kind of throwback to the first movie, which didn't really need to need to happen it didn't really do anything in the story so I didn't, I didn't love that i didn't love tony hale's character i really like tony hale um i thought he was a little bit over the top like he could have been just toned down a little bit and i thought that would have been a little neater but i thought this was this was fun i thought it was a fun family halloween movie um it's worth watching i think if you especially if you like the first hocus pocus and if you you know if you said hey it's trick-or-treating tonight put on a hocus pocus um i, I probably would pick hocus pocus too I'm, all right I, that's that's it so oh, uh li- well, light go. me up light me up i guess <laughs> on the online you can, you can do it i can that's take all it. right that's okay yeah no i i have to say i mean i did think that i mean there's enough blondie in the world we did not need to sing one way or another I, they could have picked a different song i i, I love bet midler but oh that i that was that was that part was painful for me because i just don't think it sat well um it didn't make sense to me it I, I, they could have, they could have definitely picked a better song for them to sing at the kind of talent show thing uh, on stage. But, um, and I don't know, I, I do think at the end, I, I just liked the end better. So I think you're right. Mm-hmm. I mean, overall, I, I wasn't in love with the first one. What, what does surprise me is how many people are saying that this film was not great. And I, I mean, in my mind, it's like, well, the first one wasn't, you know, the first one was not uh, comedic gold. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, beautiful cinematography or anything. It just made a lot of young kids, impressionable people happy and it touched them. And that's the great thing about a movie, right? Is it doesn't have to be uh, super well done necessarily to have a, have a, have a desired effect and have a phenomenon around it. So um, I, I was surprised at how many people really didn't like the second one, given that it's, by far probably a technically better film. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, there was some, there was some really good stuff there. I really like kind of the, um, the way that Salem looked and kind of building out that set. I really liked when, when the young version of the Sanderson sisters were running into the woods and you had kind of this like drone shot, like pull up like overhead of like these three little girls, like running into the woods. I thought that that looked awesome. And I thought that, you know, it looked great. The, the makeup and stuff looked great. You know, you had the, the three leads there were, you know, pretty much uh, back looking, 
more or less like they did, you know, in 1993. That was a long time ago. So, um, yeah, I don't know. Hocus Pocus 2 was pretty good and it was pretty fun um, because, you know, you get a you get a you can go a couple ways with your with your Halloween. You can go campy and fun. You can go spooky or you can go you can go real scary, uh, which is the direction I think we're going to have to go uh, next week. But Michaela, any final parting thoughts on uh, Hocus Pocus 2? No, I wonder if they're going to make a Hocus Pocus 3 now with the new coven or if this is really mm-hmm. going to kind of close the book. <laughs> Get it? The book, oh, as it were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I I think it kind of kind of opens the door if they decide to tell some more of these tales or um, some sort of like little Halloween miniseries. I don't know. And it does uh, it does close the book, at least for right now. And that is a pretty cool, cool looking book. I think if you had that on your shelf come Halloween time, uh, that would definitely be a pretty fun thing to have. So let us know what you thought about Hocus Pocus 2. Let us know um, if you think we need a Hocus Pocus 3. Let us know why I'm wrong in Hocus Pocus. Uh, the first one is far superior to this one in every way. Um, do that and definitely let us know if you make a witch's heart because that cocktail is awesome it is delicious and it looks super cool so uh take pictures tag us on instagram and twitter it is at drink the movies and on facebook.com slash drink the movies uh you can find the recipe of ours uh episode recaps the recipe um you know all that kind of stuff on our website which is www.drinkthemovies.com uh follow us on tiktok we're on tiktok drink the movies uh we'll try to get some videos put up there of ours bubbling away and uh how michaela made that blackberry shimmer liqueur um and then you know after after you've uh wound down from fighting the sanderson sisters we would appreciate it if you left us a five-star review michaela where can they do that you can find us on apple Podcasts, spotify stitcher good pods anywhere where anchor podcasts are distributed um we have had some amazing uh community the last couple of weeks um Mm -hmm. things are going kind of nuts i don't really know what's happening but don't stop uh please leave us a five-star review if you're loving what you're hearing we are so excited to be building this community of cocktail connoisseurs and movie connoisseurs alike Uh, that's right that's right yeah and if we didn't upset you too bad with our opinions and our hot takes on hocus pocus 2 join us next week on thursday the 13th as we talk about friday the 13th uh one of the original uh slashers uh out there uh gonna be a good time and we have a good cocktail coming for that one so make sure you tune in next week and of course every week to the lobby bar but for now michaela uh we've got a little bit of dry ice left and we would hate for that to go to waste so grab the apple brandy uh mix up some more shimmery liqueur and let's uh I, I, let's cast a spell, I guess. All right. I got it. And we'll see everybody next time on Shrink, Shrink the, the movies. movies. Sisters! My eyes are misted over by the tragic tears of a lifetime of failure. Is that actually from this movie? Yeah.